Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 135 in Edmonton, the best pizza in the city. Still making it great. Royal Pizza still open during these challenging times for uh, takeout and for delivery. Royal Pizza, Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For their menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. We're going to go into this day in Oilers history because we're going to get our next guest to talk about that on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. Back on this day. 1982, Wayne Gretzky became the first player in NHL history to score 200 points in a season. He set up my wife's favorite player, Pat Hughes, in the first period against Calgary at the Stampede Corral to reach that mark. The great one uh, would also set an NHL record by scoring two shorthanded goals just 27 seconds apart, his 89th and 90th goals of the year. I know I put a tweet out a couple days ago about uh, Wade's accomplishments during the 83-84 season, 84-85 season when you factor in the playoff totals. It's ridiculous. And a guy that witnessed it all joins us right now, our NHL insider, John Shannon. How are you doing, John? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, I tell you what, those games, those Calgary-Edmonton games at the Corral, when you think how small that building was and how close the players were, uh, it was something special. We had Wayne on the show on Monday. He always down. He said the funny. Actually, the previous time that he was on, John, he said the funniest thing I've heard yet. He talked about the Battle of Alberta's and how everybody was keyed up, and he said, "I was nervous going into those games." And all I could think of, John, is Wayne. You had four straight two hundred plus point seasons. No. How the hell were you nervous? I know. I. I you know. What do you think the, the Calgary defense was thinking? Oh, I tell you what, it was. It, it's it, you know what. In many ways, it's not much different now when Connor McDavid goes into a building. I still remember a, a couple of Flame head coaches telling me that when uh, when Connor plays, they get nervous. And I, th- I think it was a similar situation when when Wayne came to uh, came to Calgary. That was uh, those were interesting times. And, and let's face it, it wasn't just Wayne. It was it, it's what Wayne could do with the puck to help those other guys. You know, and whether it was Curry or Anderson or Mark, I mean, there was so much depth. Uh, in the end, that Oiler team that Wayne was on and the captain of eventually uh, will end up going down, I think, as one of the greatest of all time simply because of the amount of Hall of Famers comparable to what we saw with Montreal a couple of times in the late 50s and the late 70s. Yeah, and in the case of the 50s, uh, you know, you're talking about a six-team NHL. 
Oilers obviously playing in a 21-team NHL. And the Montreal Canadiens, John, as you know, before the Oilers got into the NHL, were my favorite team as a kid growing up. I love the style and panache that they played with. Um, <laughs> hold and the on, Oilers had hold on. The style and panache. Here's the thing with the Montreal Canadiens, that team that you like, Bob, so much. They could play anyway. You, you want to play tough? Yes. They'll play tough. You want you know you want to play defense first? They'll play defense first. You want to play run and gun? They'll play run and gun. And that was, in many ways, that was what Scotty Bowman had, had created with a with and Sam Pollock and Irving Grunman after that had created a team that could morph into anything it wanted to be in order to win. And that's what would, that's really in my mind what made those those Canadians teams of seventy six to eighty so special. Well, in fairness, John, one thing I, I, I've got to get a... I don't know if the, the tape exists. I know I've talked about this with Larry Robinson before, but after the Flyers had won back-to-back cups in 73, 74, 74, 75, deploying you know, their intimidating tactics under yep. Freddie Shiro, sure. the Canadians and Flyers played preseason games on back-to-back nights in Montreal, and the second game was at the uh, Spectrum in Philly. And Montreal dressed the 12 toughest guys in their organization for the game on the Sunday in Philly. Hmm. And by the end of the game, the Flyers, I am told, wanted no part of it. Yeah, Obviously, but, but, Larry Robinson... You yeah, know, Rick Chartraw would have been part of that at that point. I mean, they were... They, were, they could do anything. And that, that's really what, what was amazing about those teams, you know, and... and you know, we marvel this day and age of, of the blue lines that Nashville has and St. Louis has and right. other good teams have. But when you think how deep Canadians were on the blue line, you know, with LaPointe and, and, and Robinson and Savard, I mean, my goodness gracious. And, and guys that were ended up being number one players on other teams were numbers four and five. Brian Engblom was on that team for a, a long time. Learned Rod a lot. Langway. And Rod Langway. Langway. Who, who, and, they, and, and neither one of those got enough ice time in Montreal and went to Washington and played a ton more. Well, in fairness, Glenn Sather learned from his time in Montreal because the Oilers certainly had the, the, the toughness aspect during their glory days. And when crunch time happened, Paul Coffey will say this all the time, we played out, we played differently towards the end of March every year because we had to grind down a bit, play a little more open during the regular season. But as we got closer to the playoffs... And let's not forget, I mean, maybe the most important playoff game in Oiler history, uh, the opening game of the 84 Stanley Cup Final, Edmonton squeaked out a one nothing game on a goal from Kevin McClellan, the third liner. Yep. And uh, uh, Darn Pat to, Hughes again. Uh, Darn Pat Hughes go. with the assist, you know, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, those were... Uh, but, but, but in the end, and, and you know, you talk about uh, Glenn learning in his brief time in Montreal... Uh, there was a, a magic equation that all those managers used to have, uh, whether it was Pollock and then later on Tory uh, and and Fletcher and and Sinden uh, through all that period of time was is that uh, you can have all the superstars you want, uh, but when it comes to playoff time, it's depth that makes the difference. You know who who got the most important goal in that seven game series against. Uh, against the Boston Bruins, it wasn't Guy Lafleur. It was Yvonne Lambert who scored in overtime. You know, we we, we you know they just just before the uh, the pause, they retired Butch Goring's number in, yeah. on Long Island. It's those depth players that create opportunities to win. 
And really, in so many ways, when superstars almost neutralize each other, it's those third and fourth liners that win championships and make a difference. Okay, I want to take this a little bit differently. You knew Peter Zosky personally. I did, yeah. Uh, he we wrote spent the, a lot of time in the, the old Western game. Hotel when he was writing the book. Right, so he wrote The Game of Our Lives, which is about the Oilers, I believe, the 80-81 season. Well, it was the year that and Teddy that got time, fired. It was, it was the year me? Teddy got fired. Because uh, we, we, I remember sitting with Peter in the in the lobby bar, and we're talking, and I, says, I said, this can't keep on going, Peter. Peter Teddy, Teddy Green's going to get fired. He's got to get fired. No, and no, he no. thought I was it full wasn't of it. Ted Green said, in no, 80, no. It was Teddy. Teddy was coach. Coach the Oilers in the nineties. Who was the? Uh, uh, I, I think I think Ted uh, Green was the head. I think I think Ted Green gave was given that head coaching job in eighty one. You can check your numbers. I'm pretty sure it was. Oh no! I'm sorry. You know what? I apologize. It was Brian Watson. Bugsy Watson. There we go. It's Bugsy Watson. Bugsy yeah, yeah. Watson. They gave it to Bugsy. I, and I. There's a reason I get those two guys confused. Um, uh, but uh, when Brian Watson coached the team, and it was just flailing, and we, we end up having a conversation about that uh, that uh, uh, Brian's not going to make it, and uh, that, I think that part's in the book actually. Well, and uh, John, I mean, part of the reason why you would mix those two guys up is they were not dissimilar players. I mean, Bug, Bugsy <laughs> Watson was a tenacious, hard-nosed, tough, uh, you know agitator uh, Teddy yep. was considered tougher but they were somewhat they came from the same school yeah. the point I was going to make is in the book there was a realization he used the word osmosis to talk about some of the progressive growth of some of the Oilers younger players because they got to practice and play with Wayne Gretzky and I think we saw that come to you know fruition with how far players like Mark Messier grew, uh, grew and developed and the player that Glenn Anderson and Yerry Curry would become and yeah. I'm wondering whether or not we we might be seeing a little, you know, I love Leon Dreisaitl in that draft year. You know that. I was elated at Edmonton got him. I thought Leon was going to be the number two center behind Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I did not think that Leon Dreisaitl would be one of the top five players in the NHL, which this season, Leon, well, for the last two years, you could argue, Leon Dreisaitl has become. And I'm wondering if we're maybe seeing the fact that when you have a guy like McDavid, it brings and practicing at that pace yeah. it brings and elevates other guys who push to get better too well I, I think you're right I mean you know the, the rich get richer is almost uh, because you do see the work ethic uh, I mean I remember I, I, I think that when you're around great players it inspires you and it, it's not necessarily during the game either it's in that right. practice time. It's in the off-ice training. I, I remember sitting with uh, sitting with Derek Brassard one morning in Pittsburgh, and he had been traded from Ottawa and had been there about three weeks. Uh, and I, I asked him, I said, so what's the difference? And he just, he just shook his head and said, well, and he pointed to 87's locker and he pointed to 71's locker. He says, they work harder than all of us. And that's everywhere. That's in the training room. That's uh, in the video room. That's on the ice in practice. And that's during the games. Is if you can't work hard when the best players work hard, uh, then, then you're then you're you're not a very good player. And you learn to you learn to do it. And I think that I think that type of thing did help a lot of the guys uh, on the Oiler team in the early '80s. Although I would say I, I don't I don't know. I knew it was in Mark. All along, I think you could see it in Mark all along. 
I mean, even that one goal in the first year, you could see it in Mark. And obviously, Slats could see it in Mark all the way. Because, again, one of those conversations early in our our time together, I asked him, I said, do you ever think of the trade in Messier? And he looked, at me, he, he looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. He says, no way. One day this guy's going to be great. We just have to be patient. And you know what? That's why I say there's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm sitting in Fort Credit, Ontario. Uh, well, uh, and in fairness, he did, I mean, I think he had... The, the one goal in WHA, albeit as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old yep. in the NHL, I think he had 10 or 11 goals. But by the 81 playoffs against the Islanders, after the Canadian series against yeah. the Islanders, that's when, to me, you really saw him and Anderson elevate, and you're like, these guys are going to be pretty good players. All right, switching focus. Actually, you just tweet me, you just tweet me on something else that, that, uh, that I think was really important. You, you talked about that 81 year with the, you know, the sweep of Montreal and then playing the Islanders and losing to the Islanders. Um, and who was the cock of the walk more than anybody else in the Oilers coming out of those playoffs? And it was Andy, Andy Moog. Um, right. And halfway through the season, where do you think Andy was playing? The following season. He was in he was Wichita. Playing behind Grant Fuhr. Well, yeah. he was, no, he got sent to Wichita for a short time. Yes. Because, yes, <laughs> because Glenn said, I've had enough of this. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're not a Hall of Famer. You know, you got to watch yourself. You got to learn. You, you know, you played great in the playoffs, but you got to learn a lot more than than what you are. Um, and that was part of, you know, creating that winning that winning experience more than anything else. Before we let this show go to the dogs, uh, John uh, Shannon, too late for that. Insider. Too late for that. Yes, uh, they've decided they want to be part of the show. So, what's your dog's name, by the way, John? We have two: Kevin and Lucy. Oh. And, and what type of dogs are they? They're Portuguese water dogs. Okay, uh, we have a gold, we have a uh, 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 golden retriever. Beautiful. And Hudson named him Anakin because he's a Star Wars fan. Oh well, that's a that's a good name. What do you, but you, say, name. you shorten it and say Annie, don't you? You say Annie, Kira Annie. Uh, abs- absolutely, which confuses <laughs> the dog. All- <laughs> well, these two guys are right. in the roost here, so. Yeah, well, that's, uh, we have three cats, and they run the roost. Just uh, very quickly, John, you've got the great contacts with the uh, National Hockey League. Can you, is there any way you can surmise in a couple minutes or less, sort of wh- what summarize what occurred the last couple days, first with the call with the owners and then with the call with the general managers? Yeah, both were more questions from the owners and the and the managers. Uh, the one thing on the Monday call with the with the board of governors was there was a uh, uh, a doctor with expertise in pandemics and uh, and uh, diseases, and uh, he 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 did he told them uh, the bare facts and the truth that this thing's not going to end quickly, and we have to you have to be patient with it, and you have to create social distancing opportunities, and uh, we're, we're a few. We, we have no idea how, when it's going to peak, because it certainly hasn't peaked. Um, but then, uh, Bob, in many ways, and I laughed when I talked to a couple of managers last night, and I said, uh, what did you learn? They said, well, we're asking the same questions everybody else is asking. You know, they, they, they have some issues they can deal with now, like signing European free agents, like selling, signing college free agents. That hasn't changed. Uh, but they're trying to figure out, you know, timing of combine, timing of draft, uh, when can certain things occur? Um, you know, they're, they're, they were told that, uh, 
you know, it is probably important to keep dates in the summer in your arenas open uh, in order to uh, uh, possibly play through the uh, the summer. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a real belief that nobody wants to compromise uh, the 2021 season uh, more than anything yeah. else. So, no, it, it, listen, until the government tells you you can't put more than 50 people in one place, you know, what, what can you do? And the one thing awesome. I would say is I do think the board, uh, there's enough owners on the board that would reiterate that they don't want to play in front of empty buildings. That's the other thing. Well, it's still a gate-driven league, is it not, John? Oh, for sure. Uh, more so than any others. And, and the one thing I would say, and I think we touched on it on Monday, Bob, is, um, you know, this, this league has been through the ringer a few times. Shortened seasons, lost seasons. Um, there's a group of people in and around Gary Bettman's office, including David Zimmerman, Bill Daly, Steve Hatsipetros, uh, guys like Gary Mahar, they've been through this, and they understand what it takes and what it's going to take, uh, and uh, they understand that, uh, that, that that there has to be a lot of different modeling going on in order to make sure they're prepared when the day comes that people say, yes, you can put people in your arena again. All right. You were 75-25 a week ago Monday. Have you, are you 50-50 now? I'm almost I'm almost uh, uh, embarrassed that I I put a number out because I'm not sure anybody should put a number out because uh, okay. I don't know enough about the disease yet I don't know enough about okay. it and I, I never do I never will know enough about it uh, we don't have we don't have access to the numbers that that the medical professionals have I'm hopeful I, I'm hopeful but uh, my, my world now is I'd rather just make sure we're ready to go for September than we are ready to go and mess it up in June or July. All right, great stuff. Hey, John, uh, we'll talk to you on Monday, okay? Yes, sir. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider. Of course, spent years, uh, he worked for the National Hockey League at one time, uh, spent years working. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline for Hockey Night in Canada at the height of the Battle of Alberta rivalry. 152, we'll step out for two minutes, come back and wrap up Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. 155 in Edmonton, welcome back everybody. Uh, our friends out of Front Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin where cars cost less, still open for business. You can experience the small town feel with nine-time President's Diamond Award winners for customer satisfaction at Brent Ridge Ford, where Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang are there. They're taking all the precautions uh, at their dealership. You can reach them at brentridge.com and at 1-877-477-3673. Quickly into our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob, what year did Mark Messier get sent down to the minors after he missed the flight? Uh, that was his rookie season in the NHL, 79-80. He played three, uh, no, four games for Houston, I believe. Uh, I think that was the, I think he had about 
I don't know, 11, 12 goals maybe and like 30 points his first year in the NHL. It was the next year in 80-81. I know he scored over 20. Then the third year he got 50 and uh, just kept on getting better and better and better. He had a year with the Rangers in like 95-96 when he was around 34, 35 years of age. Almost scored 50 goals. Had around 100 points and 122 penalty minutes. I mean, for a guy in his mid-30s, those were special numbers. All right. uh, Tomorrow for Canadian Power Pack. Brian Burke will be on the show and also from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, Louis DeBrusque. Fluid show tomorrow. What's coming up tonight on Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott? You will hear from current Buffalo Sabre, former Edmonton Oil Kings and Team Canada World Junior Captain Curtis Lazar, as well as CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Curtis Lazar scoring the GWG and Triple OT for the Oil Kings in that 2014 Memorial Cup uh, semifinal game. Again, ongoing coverage throughout the course of the day on the COVID-19 pandemic. Eileen Bell with Global News Weather uh, traffic updates on the half hours. 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye up next. So long, everybody. Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.